Hi, and welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, co-hosted by Abby Fearing, the Badass Breastfeeder, and Diane Cassidy, IBCLC. Hey, welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. I forgot who I was. <laughs> um, we are going to talk, now this topic for this week, we have gotten so, so, so many questions and requests about. I don't know how we didn't end up doing it sooner, really. I know. I thought that too. I was like, wait, how, how have we not done this? Yeah. So we are going to talk about oversupply, which doesn't that sound like a fantastic thing? Have a, have a ton yeah, of milk. Yeah, I think that's probably why, because we, it's like we usually, we talked about low milk supply. Yeah. Which that's the big panic. Yeah. But then you figure like, oh, someone's got too much milk. Oh, well, you know, they're lucky. Right. And that's what everybody, oh, they're lucky if they have, you know, oversupply, blah, blah, blah. Oversupply is not a good problem to have. No, and it's really hard for people to breastfeed. It's hard to breastfeed. It's hard for babies. All kinds of problems come up, and it's really uncomfortable, and it's hard to get under control once it's out of control. So this is definitely something that we need to talk about because I think a lot of um, a lot of things that happen with oversupply, like a lot of the symptoms of oversupply, look like other things, too. So it's really important that moms are know what they're looking for when they... What other things do they look like? So, for example, um, sometimes you get recurring mastitis with oversupply. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, one of the big things that I see is babies being diagnosed with a dairy allergy oh. or with re- like reflux, dairy allergy because of oversupply. And that is a really common occurrence. And interesting. So, you know, babies can be fussy. They're really fussy. They're really gassy. They're uncomfortable. They want to feed. They're like spitting up and they're like gagging. Yeah. And they want to feed all the time and their poop might be green and, you know, maybe have a trace of blood in it or something like that Mm. going on. And a lot of times the doctors will say, oh, it's got to, you know, it must be a dairy issue. Go off dairy. It's an allergy. Your baby's, you know, whatever, allergic to your breast milk, whatever craziness sometimes comes <laughs> up. And, um, which I have heard that before. And then it's not, that's not what it is. It's because the mom has so much milk that it's causing an imbalance in the way the baby breastfeeds. And that is causing too much for milk, which makes their system just like digest it so super quickly. It's flying through their system. So it's not really doing anything and it's irritating the gut and it's causing green poop because it's not really digesting as well. And then they're hungry an hour later because it's not the hind milk. It's the only the four milk and it's, but they're gaining a ton of weight because they're eating so much and they have so much milk. It is such a, oh my goodness, these poor babies and the poor mamas, because sometimes these moms are like full all the time and leaking and leaking everywhere. Yeah. You know, and just so uncomfortable with it that they don't know what to do. And we did have somebody recently, um, send us a message about oversupply, which is why we were like, all right, we really need to like talk about oversupply because it can be really hard. Babies can get really uncomfortable. Yeah. And so is that the same as overactive letdown? They pretty much go hand in hand. I mean, I have seen people have overactive letdown without oversupply, but um, it really does go. It goes hand in hand. A lot of times you'll have both. Mm-hmm. And that's that can be hard, too, because, you know, then the baby just like chokes and gagging and, you know, all this stuff happening. 
And is that and that means it's coming out faster ex- than it usually would, or exactly the letdown is just like whoo, like they're opening up the floodgates, it's like a waterfall, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the babies are like oh, and you know sometimes that can like a lot of babies will you know maybe pull off. Some of them can handle it okay. You might see them kind of like pause and sputter a little bit. Some will pull off and cry a little bit or cough, and then go back on. Um, some babies will just pull off and not go back on. So it can be very, very anxiety provoking for a mom mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. It, it is really like they feel like every time they go to feed their baby, their baby cries at them and they don't, they can't, sometimes babies won't comfort nurse if this is happening too, because it's just too much for them. So they just learn how to just nurse uh, and feed yeah. and that's it. No comfort, no nothing. So and if they, yeah, I want to, yeah. And if it, cause that's a good way to make more milk, right? Is to be latched on all the time. Right. Yeah. And then, then you're ending up with a lot of milk. So how does it happen? How do, how do you, how do you end up with, because I never had that problem. I had, <laughs> I had, you know, I had just enough milk. I never had, you know, I leaked kind of in the beginning, you know, yeah. a couple of times when you would. Um, but so how does that happen? Is it, do you just are you born with like oversupply? I think some women are definitely just have a great supply of milk. You know, whatever the breast tissue, everything is is right where it's supposed to be, and they have this great supply of milk. Um you have more milk with each baby. So I think if it's like you really? have more kids, yep, then you just end up having a you know, more each time. Um but, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um early Stimu- too much stimulation early is a huge problem. That is the biggest factor I see behind oversupply. And that is pumping before two or three weeks when now you don't need to. Yeah, right, right. Because a lot of people think, I mean, I was actually just talking to somebody online recently who said, who had won a pump um, on my page. And she was like, oh, my baby's coming soon. You know, I want to get the pump before the baby comes. And I said, well you know, you might want to hold off a little bit. Well, no, I got to go back to work. So I want to start, you know, right away. And so then, you know, my, so my husband can also feed the baby. And I was trying to try to convince her to not pump, yeah, you know, right away. Um, but there's like a lot of anxiety around that. Like, Oh, I got to, got to start pumping right away. got to start, you know, got to make sure I got a lot of milk. Got to make sure that the freezer is full of milk. Right. Got to go to work. Somebody else wants to feed. I want to be able to take a break. I got to do it. And I think people also get scared that they're not going to have enough milk. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I got to pump too. Got to right from day one, right, right in between the feedings. Right. Which there are no, there are no feedings <laughs> anyway in the beginning. It's just baby's just there. And it, if you are stimulating too much, sometimes like in the hospital, if the baby isn't latching well in the hospital, they'll have the mom start pumping in the hospital just for that stimulation. And then mm-hmm. moms don't realize that they don't need to keep doing that when they go home. So oh. now baby's feeding well. You're three, four days in. Baby latch, latching better, feeding well, and they're still pumping. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so your body's making milk for like four babies. Exactly. Yeah. And I always tell me, like my first baby, I breastfed one baby. My twins, I made enough milk for two babies because I was feeding two babies. Like mm-hmm. there wasn't a question there. And if you tell, if you're stimulating your body that much, if you're feeding 12 times a day, you're feeding on demand, whatever it is that you're doing, your baby is feeding regularly and, and f- feeding fine and you're pumping, it's, you're going to overproduce. And that is a really hard thing to, to back up once you've already got it going. 
And a lot of times I will hear that it comes out of the hospital, that the hospital with good intentions has them start early. And then moms don't have the the knowledge behind it of what they're supposed to they do don't once say, they go home. Like, don't keep doing this. Right. Or, yeah. Or maybe they do, but then, you know, you remember how it is. Mm-hmm. You get like a zillion people giving you instructions. I mean, it's just crazy. Well, or you get nobody giving you instructions. Right. You know, yeah. like it's just like, here's your baby here. We're doing all this stuff. Go home. And then once you're home, you're kind of like, you just don't know what to do. Right. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I've said to a mom, oh, my God, stop pumping. Because it's like, or they'll tell them like if they're using a nipple shield, oh, you got a nipple shield. You have to pump every time. You don't like yeah so yeah i think there's like i feel like this is a really common um piece of misinformation is that people think if you're breastfeeding you need to have a pump and you don't like you don't even have to own a pump the only reason you would ever need to own a pump is if you're going back to work right if there's a reason and i tell moms this prenatally unfortunately not enough you i mean i don't think a lot of people get prenatal breastfeeding education like really good prenatal breastfeeding education but i always try to make sure that they know like if the baby is feeding well if you are not separated from your baby your baby doesn't have jaundice they're under light your baby's not sick your baby's with you latching you do not need to pump it's just one more thing to do please Mm -hmm. don't pump for at least the first two or three weeks and then after that you can pump if you want to Mm -hmm. um but you don't have to. No. And again, you would only need to do that if you're going to be separated from your baby. You don't need it to make a good milk supply. Absolutely not. And quite honestly, I think physiologically it screws everything up because yeah. the baby's supposed to latch and tell your body what it needs. If you're interfering with this, and sometimes it can't be helped if it is a situation where the baby's not with you, but in the very beginning, your body is set up so that your body and the baby communicate with each other and we know what to do. When everything gets thrown out of balance and you're adding other things in and you're doing a, like that is going to just skew the whole process and your body just doesn't know what to do. Makes yeah. too much I milk. Mean a, yeah. I mean, a pump is a machine that we invented. Right. You know, breastfeeding happened for thousands and thousands and thousands of years without this pump. Right. Without the and pump. And now we have it and there's a lot, there's a lot. And, and then, and now there's this belief that you actually have to have it and have to do it in order to be successful at breastfeeding. I mean, it's because of going back to work and, you know, a huge, huge part of the workforce is childbearing women. So for that reason, we like to have it, but yeah. And um, the Affordable Care that's Act. again, is, but that's the situation where you're separated from your you're baby. You're right. You're separated from your baby. The Affordable Care Act is like, okay, we'll give pumps to every mom. And, you know, mm-hmm. and part of me is like, that's fantastic because women who are struggling to try to afford a good pump mm-hmm. to go back to work, now they don't have to worry about that. But to get a lactation consultant covered, like, that's oh, a huge yeah, right. event. Yeah. But they'll give a pump away to anybody. So it's real. It's frustrating. And then you've got these pumps like it's unbelievable what these pumps will do. I mean, there's ones you don't even have to hold on to anymore. Like you can just stick them, stick the cup things in your bra and you've got this little pump thing and nobody will even know. They show these women and and board meetings pumping and nobody knows. And it's like, (laughs) really? I I just posted just a couple hours ago. I posted a picture of, um, Nicole Nicole Phelps, Michael Phelps's wife. Oh, I think. okay. And she has she's got one of those in her shirt. 
It's like a hands-free something or other. Yeah. It's like a willow yeah. or something, I think. And it's like, you know what? The, the idea behind it is great. And we're making idea like life easier for mothers who are so busy and who can't be home with their baby and really want to leave breast milk. And, and it's great. Like, we should try to make that easier. But do we really need a pump that you can drive your car and pump at the same time? Like, yeah, do we I, I, have to multitask like that? Is it real? Is that the, the message we're sending to women that in order to be this successful to breastfeed your child, you have to be able to pump while you're driving and doing other things? Well, and I think that's a really good point. And that's where this misinformation is born, right? Right. It's like I see all I see is nothing but like ads for pumps and these pumps of people pumping at work and pumping in their car and pumping, you know, while doing gymnastics. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, well, OK, then I have to have one of those. She's a breastfeeding mom. Then you have to have one. And, and I mean, there's, you know, it's like, great. We live in America, capitalist nation, free market is great, but it's also, we're bombarded with advertising all the time in a very, very extreme way that I don't think we even realize. My God, it's crazy. So it become, yeah. And it's not like this anywhere else in the world. It's this country with the advertising and, and it's, and it's, and it really, it's, it, it sends them, it said, we pick up the wrong messages. Mm-hmm. You know, just just we just feel like there's, you know, we, we start to, to understand like, well, we need to have this. Right. Right. Got to do it. I got to be able to pump. And I mean, I know this, especially like the, the generation now, there's a lot of anxiety there and their biggest, mm. you know, a lot of them will come to breastfeeding class and they don't really care about what's going to happen in the hospital. They just want to be like, well, when can I start pumping? Because I have to go back to work. And it's a very real issue. Yeah. But. If you if we pump too soon, that can just cause way too many problems. And oversupply is seriously a, a problem. It's a yeah. problem. I hate oversupply. And it's so hard because then it's like there's only, you know, few things you can do. But when you're so full and uncomfortable, you want to get that milk out. So you just want to pump it more. So yeah, that's right. what a lot of women think they need to do is, well, if I, I'm really uncomfortable, so I pumped. Or when they get engorged, like or if when the milk first starts coming in and you're really full and uncomfortable, women will just pump. Because they're like, well, I just, I'll just pump because I can get that milk out and it's more comfortable. That's too much stimulation. We need to let your body just kind of get used to what it's supposed to be doing on its own. Icing and, you know, feeding the baby as frequently as you can. Those are things that would really help the situation. But letting your baby sleep a little bit longer and pumping because you feel too full is not really the best solution. Because you are risking right. oversupply with that. Right. And then, yeah, your body picks up and, you know, that, yeah, your body picks up that there's more milk leaving. So we need to make more milk. Exactly. Yes. So with oversupply, too. So now you've got, you said, you know, you've, you've got um, moms that can be feeling uncomfortable and leaking and more pumping and babies that are uncomfortable. But this is where you get like that four milk, high milk imbalance is okay. with oversupply. Now, four milk, high milk, that is such a like... I don't even know how to how to what to say about it because there's so many people that they're like, well, how long do I keep the baby on so they can get the hind milk and the fore milk? Like, what? How does that work? And the baby has to feed this much time, but the baby's only on for five minutes. Are they getting the the hind milk? And what about the fore milk? Blah blah blah. Do you get questions on that a lot? Yes, yes. It is like it is such a confusing point for people yeah and i don't and i and i feel like there's also a little bit of controversy around this too whether there's actually something to worry about 
Right. And there really is not anything to worry about unless you have an oversupply problem. So what happens is with four milk and high milk, the now your breasts, when when the milk lets down, you're going to have milk that's a little bit more watery and that is called your four milk. So the milk lets down and that's what the baby's getting when they first start to feed with that feeding. Getting it as the milk's traveling through the breast to the baby, it's picking up fat along the way and getting thicker and thicker and thicker and thicker as it's coming. So if you have an oversupply issue and the baby can only like handle being on Mm -hmm. one breast Mm -hmm. for a few minutes because there's so much milk there and they're gulping this milk down, they're not able to get there. So that's where you get that imbalance. So it is is a concern with oversupply. There really is a true four mil concern. Right. Absolutely. Um, And then if that's the problem, what happens, like I was saying earlier, like the baby will die that that four milk is very high in sugar. So they're going to digest it really quickly. It's going to cause irritation to their intestines. They might get like those little, the green poop and the, um, the mm. blood in the stool a little bit because it's irritating to their, to their gut. Um, they might want to feed all the time because it digested so quickly that they're not really staying full because they don't have that good, thick kind milk. So it is, it's definitely an imbalance problem, but that comes from oversupply mm-hmm. for babies that, Moms think, oh, well, the baby, you know, because babies become so efficient as they learn to breastfeed. And then some moms get worried, like, is the baby on long enough to get the hind milk? If your baby is efficient enough to be on the breast and feed and get off, they're getting what they need and they can get to that hind milk as quickly as they need to. There, There is no time limit. There is no like, okay, you have to be on a certain amount of minutes before the baby hits the hind milk. It's not like a door closes and another one opens and they let the hind milk out. Like it's just, <laughs> you know, like it, the baby, if they're eating fast enough and they're eating efficiently, they're going to get what they need to get. But with the oversupply, you have too much of one thing. So that's what they're getting. They're getting a lot of that first milk. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we say to do. Yeah, so now we have to get into what do we do? What do we do? All the people with oversupply <laughs> out there are like, what in the world do I do? Stop talking about the symptoms. We know what they are. Um, so what it's tricky. It really is because depending on how your body reacts to it and all that stuff. Um, first of all, we stop pumping unless we absolutely have to pump and meaning you're separated from the baby. And we sometimes will initiate block feeding. Um, And there is a little bit of controversy around this, too, because we don't want moms to get plugged ducks on the other side. But block feeding can help. So sometimes we'll start that a little bit slowly. Um, And block feeding is where you feed only on one breast per feeding. And sometimes people just do that automatically because their baby gets full enough on one breast. And some babies are always two breast feeders. It just depends on your kid i mean i don't mm-hmm. mine were always like one breast at a time feeders i do mm. remember that pretty closely that they were always one and then i've had some moms whose babies just you know didn't matter but if you have an oversupply and you are feeding on both breasts then the baby's getting lots of four milk on one breast lots of four milk on the other breasts right so we want the baby to stay on one breast for that whole feeding if they pull off, if you, they doze off, you won't take them off, burp them, whatever, put them back on that same side and just let them feed only on that breast. If it's still not helping, and sometimes, you know, we want that quick fix too. And it can take a few days for your body to kind of start 
slowing things down a little bit. But it will. That will help to slow your supply down and get it a little bit more under control. And so what we're trying to do is to stop expressing so much milk from the breast so that your body gets the idea that it doesn't need to make all of that milk. Exactly. Right? Okay. Yes. So if that doesn't work, if it's an oversupply issue enough that that mom's doing block feeding or maybe she's already block feeding and it's still a, a crazy oversupply issue, then we might do longer blocks. We might stretch it into longer blocks. So oh, okay. that might be like, okay, is your baby cluster feeding and feeding, you know, maybe a certain time of day, they're feeding once every hour. Keep them on that same breast for like a three hour time period. And every time mm. in that three hours they want to eat, keep putting them on one. So they keep draining that same breast, keep draining, keep mm-hmm. draining, keep draining. Um, otherwise, if they're just like every three hour feeders or whatever, then just, you know, pop them on the other side. But very close cluster feeding, keep them on the same breast so they can drain it. Okay. And so then we have one breast that's full. Right. One breast that's full. So what is, so what can, so should she stay full? Because I feel like that's then we're risking the mastitis and the clogged ducts. How do we keep that from happening? Can we keep that from happening? What I have seen some moms do, which really does help keep, you can do some hand expressing. Because that okay. is less stimulating than the pumping and it's not – I mean it's not less stimulating necessarily but it's – you can control that a little bit better. You're not going to take out as much milk. Right. You might take off just as much as will relieve some discomfort. Right. Like don't don't drain your whole breast. Just take enough out to – become comfortable again. exactly right yeah okay. just enough to be comfortable um there is this pump out there now it's called like a haka pump where it just kind of yeah, or of this, like yeah. milkies those are another one yeah. i know i'm totally giving free advertising but well, like um <laughs> and those are great because it'll catch the letdown so if you're feeding baby on one side and you have something on the other breast that encourages the milk if the milk's letting down just to kind of catch that milk then mm. you won't feel as full after because that milk is getting a way out and that's good because it's not like stimulating your body to make more it's just getting a little bit out as your body's Mm. letting down okay so that can help a lot too um completely skipping feeds is not a good idea because of you know because of the whole block duck thing and and mastitis and And your baby needs to eat yeah yeah absolutely you can't just no you can't just be like no i'm not gonna do it they said that it's I need to not stimulate. No. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Definitely feed your baby. Um, but it, it's definitely, it can take a process. It can take, you know, a little bit of time for your body to kind of go, okay, um, this is working or this is not working. Um, at about the three month mark or so, your body really starts settling in well. And a lot of moms that have been struggling with oversupply find that things are starting to even out a little bit. So this is really a big problem with those newborns and like yeah, so, yeah. first so month. Like, yeah. I feel like that's another thing too. Like when you're in the newborn days, you forget that one day you won't have a newborn. And if you have a newborn, your first newborn, you have no idea what that means. Like you can't see into the future. Like, you know, it's, it, it just feels permanent. Right. Right. You know, it's like it, it, You've never been here. You've never been a parent. You've never had a baby. And so whatever you're going through feels like that's what you're going to be going through the rest of your life. Right. Um, and But there will be after the few months, you know, things will even out. People don't have oversupply when they're like feeding a four-year-old. Oh, no, they don't. Um, but the other thing, if it's your first baby. And yes, you can feed a four-year-old. You can. Absolutely. 
if you are, if it's your first baby, you might not even realize what oversupply is or what yeah. it feels like. You might think that everybody has this. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you'll get a lot more spitting up and a lot of reflux because those babies are gaining a ton. Um, and that's one of the things I like to look at if moms say, oh, I think I've got an oversupply or, you know, whatever. Or if they tell me like the baby, the doctor said the baby's got a dairy allergy and I need to get off dairy. Um, I'll ask like, well, what are the weights of the baby? Because if that baby is jumping up like crazy, then that's telling me she's got an oversupply. Mm. And it's it can, you know. It can look different for every baby, obviously, but you're going to get more reflux symptoms because they're more full. You're going to get more spitting up. You're going to get like if they're gulping a lot with the with the heavy letdown, you're going to get more air going in. You're going to get more spitting up that way, too. Sometimes those babies are just really uncomfortable. One of the other mm -hmm. things that you can do is you can adjust your positioning. So if you are laying down, that just naturally helps to slow the flow of milk. If you are reclined back, like, you know, you can like sit on the couch or sit on your bed and then just lay back once the baby's on, that will help to slow the flow of milk too. So that would make it a little bit easier for the baby not choking when you're having that overactive letdown. Mm -hmm. And then just keep the baby on that one side for the feed. Okay. Yeah, it's, um, it's hard because it, I mean, it does even out. Um, but I mean, if you're just laying down for every feeding, I mean, what are you going to do? Lay down in the middle of a Starbucks and feed your baby? I mean, you can't right. really, that's hard. So just when you're home and you can do that, then great, because it'll make everything more comfortable for everybody. But, um, if you're out, then you're not going to be able to do that as much. Yeah. And talk to a lactation consultant. This is definitely not, yeah. this is one of those things where it's like, all right, you really need to talk to somebody and get some guidance with it because it can lead to plug ducts, mastitis, discomfort, like lots of stuff happening. And we don't want that. No, that's horrible stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what, yeah, that's why understanding, I think, the, the oversupply stuff. Because again, people, you're right, people are going to, people might be getting recurring mastitis and not realize that this is why. Right. You know, and they're like, I'm just plagued with mastitis. Okay, well, let's figure out, let's try to figure out why. Right, because you should not be plagued with mastitis. You shouldn't. Nobody should be getting mastitis all the time. Um, no, and if you are, something's wrong. It's not, something's not wrong with you. It's just there's something, there's a reason. And then, and if you talk to a lactation consultant, get some guidance, you can stop that from happening. Right, but you shouldn't be uncomfortable. And like breastfeeding should be comfortable. Like once you get into your groove, the first couple of weeks suck. We all know that. But once <laughs> you get into your groove, like it should be comfortable. And it's, I mean, supply is very individualized, you know? So if your friend says, oh, I've got, you know, I pump 18 ounces every time I pump, like that's not normal. Like don't, you right. don't want to do that. You don't want to have to do that. You should have what your baby needs. That's really what you should have. And people are under this impression that they should have a overabundance and, of what the baby needs and they don't yeah, need that. Right. And that we've talked about this before. We just talked about this. I don't remember a couple episodes ago that, that, you know, we, we talk, we post a lot on, you know, social media and we celebrate these moms that are filling these deep freezers with milk and they're donating tons of milk to like NICUs and stuff. And it's a beautiful thing, except that's not normal. 
Right. That is oversupply. That is a problem that somebody has, you know, decided that they're just going to, you know, keep going with. And that's great. Thank you. Thank you to those moms who can do that. But but then you get this feeling that that you're not making enough milk and um you got to do more. And that yeah, and that you have to do you have to pump more and that and that and that the the amount of milk that you need for your baby is going to be less than you think. It is. People say, "Well, I pump, you know, I pump when I pump, I only get 3 ounces of milk." Girl, that is a good amount of milk to get. That is fantastic. And so that's how much milk you is, need. That's a lot. It is. And it's so funny because moms will be like, I'm only getting this much. I've had moms actually say, I'm only getting 10 ounces. Or I'm only getting six ounces. I'm only getting, you know, four ounces. I'm like, your baby, if you were going to go breastfeed your baby right now, they would not take six ounces. No, like, you cannot. No, and you're not going to get. Yeah. Right. You're not going to, you're not going to pump a full day's worth of milk for your baby in one session no like it's just not going to happen it's not normal to pump more than that and you shouldn't and we don't want and you're you not going to feel yeah you're not going to feel all full of milk and have milk squirting out everywhere like that <laughs> again that's not normal and that's not what a full milk supply feels like Mm-mm. no your full milk supply you might you might have bigger breasts than you did before before you had kids but it's not going to be you know you're not going to have dolly partons no absolutely not and you should be comfortable that yeah, you right. should be able to go through life comfortable and which is the bottom line um the other thing like can we talk for a second again about the pumping thing when you get home from the hospital and how mm-hmm. how much stuff do you really want to have to do when you get home from the hospital like please ladies in the first two weeks of your baby's life if you don't need to do anything do not do anything but lay there and feed your baby and go to the random doctor appointment and have your lactation consultant come and visit you. Like, I don't care. Like if you have other kids, like that's a different story. But if this is your first baby, I can never imagine why a new mother wants to come home from the hospital and pump while she's got this newborn. I, 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 it's all rooted in anxiety. It is. It is. It's rooted in the fear that you're not making enough, that you're not going to make. You don't even have the baby. You know, you're just new to this. Mm-hmm. It's all around the fear of not having enough milk, of not having enough in the freezer, of not being prepared enough. It's all, it's all rooted in fear. It is. And it's totally normal to feel that way. But that's why we're here. This is why we're talking about this, because we want you to know that you don't need to do that. And you shouldn't do that because you're going to end up with problems. Right. And it's it's not worth it. So, I mean, if you have to, if you're feeling like that, if you're feeling like, oh, my gosh, I need to have, you know, I need to have more, I need to have more. Just, you know, talk to us about it. Or you could send us a message, reach out to us, whatever, because we can kind of help talk you through that and at least give you the signs of what to watch for. Because if you go to your doctor with a, a fussy baby, they might tell you, go off dairy, go off soy, your baby's got problems, start on Nutramagen, whatever. You know, like they'll give you all this kind of song and dance because mm-hmm. they don't realize that it's an oversupply problem. Yeah. So we want you to have the information so that you can arm yourself with this. And it can be fixed. We can fix it. But yeah. stop the stimulation. No more stimulating. <laughs> yep 
All right. Well, send us. Yeah. Let us know if you're having issues. Definitely. And I know some, you know, like we said, some people have um, already messaged us, which is why we were talking about this and we should have talked about it a long time ago because it really is. I swear it's more of an issue now than I see than I've seen in the last few years. So I really think it's kind of coming out that anxiety and I think it's starting in the hospitals a little earlier than it needs to be. But mm-hmm. so just kind of mm-hmm. if your baby's feeding well, don't worry about pip- pumping. Okay, good. And we'll be back next week with another very exciting and stimulating topic. Yeah, no pun intended. Yeah, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.